Hello there. Welcome back to the Hecate uh, Calling Podcast. I'm your host, Alyssa Finnig, and I'm so excited to have my dear friend Nancy with us. Uh, she is a wise elder, even though as young as she is. Um, and we're going to dive into working in rhythm with the cycles of the year and beyond that. And Nancy is an expert in that, as well as um, reclaiming being a woman, a womanhood, and more. So I'll let Nancy introduce herself. Hi, Nancy. Welcome to the show. Hi, Alyssa. Thank you so much for having me. Um, so yeah, just to expand on that a little bit, I am a ceremonial uh, leader in my community, and I've had a lot of experience working with women and also coming-of-age girls teaching them about the power of their of their cycles. So I lead a four-month, uh, once-a-year program, super, super deep dive into all of the gifts of the menstrual cycle. That's called the Blood Mystery School. But I'm also a postpartum care provider and a shamanic facilitator, a mama of three, and I do sacred sound healing in person as well. So that's a little bit about me. And one of the things, uh, Nancy and her husband are really dear friends of mine. And of course, their kids are friends with my daughter. And they have brought some beautiful things as community leaders um, to the world and to our community. And we go, we've been on sacred pilgrimage together and also to um, on regular sacred gatherings in tune with the wheel of the year. And I'm so appreciative of that, Nancy. We love, we haven't missed one yet. Yeah, you guys are our diehard. Like, <laughs> know that you're going to come. It's I awesome. Missed, I missed your reminder around Thanksgiving. So I just got our tickets for next week. <laughs> but I really appreciate that because it really is um, something very special for me and, and Josephine. And so I'd love for you to talk about like, what is the wheel of the year? Um, like some of our listeners may or may not know and understand that. And I'd love for you to share your deep wisdom around that uh, to kind of start. Yeah, totally. So the wheel of the year, and a lot of the times this is often called the Celtic wheel of the year, but this is just a way of marking time that exists really across all different cultures, no matter where you are. Um, for me, there's so many different ways to track time. And there's a lot of calendars that are very aligned, way more than the Gregorian one that we all operate under. I have a lot to say about that, but whatever. But the wheel of the year to me feels like the simplest and the most accessible and still extremely aligned with the natural seasons. And so essentially it is the solstices the equinoxes, and then the midpoints in between those. And so it's like this natural um, also feeling and shift that you can feel in the body of like, ah, we're moving into a different season now. Okay, we're in between seasons now. And so each point on the wheel marks a different kind of feeling in the body as well. Maybe it's when the veil is really thin. Maybe it's when you want to go more internal. Maybe it's when you want to really shine your light um, in the outside world. And so for me, it's just been a beautiful way to reclaim my time as a woman, 
as a, an entrepreneur and also as a mom, because I feel like I have sort of been a little bit of a Grinch when it comes to certain holidays in the past. And I feel like aligning my life with the wheel of the year actually has made me understand seasonal shifts and has made me look forward to ritualizing those for myself, for my family and for my community, if that makes sense. So it it comes less from a space of like, I have to obligation for some kind of more consumer holiday, but more like, oh, wow, this is actually really significant. Let's contemplate what this time is about, you know? And so we have different rituals around the different, um, the different turns in the wheel of the year. I think that's so important because uh, we can get so caught up in, well, I mean, there's many reasons, especially around this season, you know, people get depressed and, um, and so caught up in the, the commercialization of things or the have tos, the shoulds, especially as mothers. Um, I mean, it, it, anyone, but especially as mothers, this has to look like this. It has to be like this, it has to be Hallmark ready. And, um, and I'd love for you to expand a little bit about, you know, then we can go into more about the cycles, but expand into more of, because it's relevant to the season of like how you started to welcome or ritualize or like this season. Yeah. So for me, I'm really inspired by the Waldorf teachings. And um, my son, as you know, goes to the Waldorf school. My daughter already graduated. And so we've had some interaction with the the teachings of the Waldorf of Rudolf Steiner for a number of years now, even though I still kind of barely scratch the surface, I feel like they really understand the seasonal rhythms. And so I was inspired by Waldorf to start doing our own version of the Advent um, candle lighting. And so instead of like the more Christian, which I really don't have a problem with that, but the the Waldorf one just feels so accessible for my kids. Um, Each candle is symbolic of a different kingdom. And so the very first candle, and so this is the Sundays that come, the four Sundays that come before Christmas. And so the the first candle is for the um, kingdom of the stones. And so you contemplate the light that shines through the stones and the shells and the crystals and the bones. And so even with my five-year-old and my three-year-old who lack certain maybe concepts and vocabulary, I can still ask them, what does that feel like for you? What is it? What does the light of stone mean or feel like? And my little three-year-old, when I asked that the other day, because we lit our first candle on Sunday, he was like, it feels like a house. And I was like, wow, that's so cool. Because yeah, for me, it's like reflecting on the sturdiness, right? Of life, the like foundational things. And so for him, he looked around and he saw our house and he's like, yeah, that that's what I feel at the house. And so even you can even pull out a little bit of contemplation from very young kids with the the lighting of this. And so what we do is we um, decorate, you know, and I try to just encourage women and everybody really to understand that ritual and ceremony really does live inside of our bones. It really is innate to us. And so, you know, you might think, I don't even know how to do this. Literally, you can get four candles and you can go outside and you can find some stones. You know, you don't have to make it super elaborate. If you feel like you really want to, 
great. I have some beautiful candles. I have a beautiful plate. I went outside, I picked some rosemary to kind of make almost like a wreath around it. And then for this week, I'm like, okay, let's gather all the stones. And of course we have various crystals around our house. So we put those two in a couple of shells and we were done. And, and just that is beautiful. And so we light the candle. We have a little song that we sing. Um, again, that's not totally necessary. If you want, I could sing it. I don't know if you want me to, but um, yeah, if you want to go ahead. Um, I love this because, you know, what's funny is that my friend, Sarah, she was just in my business visioning uh, masterclass and she'll be a guest here, but she hosts an advent group. And, and I was sort of called to do it. I, I didn't because of just time, but I told her maybe next year, but the fact that like, it's coming up in conversation and then, you know, it, you're talking about it. I love it. And it's inspiring um, me to make sure we catch up and go get our candles, but yeah, you want to yeah. sing it? Nan- I mean, so this is a gift of Nancy's like, she is a songstress and um, a bringer of light. And so I would love for you to sing, Nancy. <laughs> okay, so I just want to preface this by saying I found the lyrics to this song on some kind of website that was like dedicated to Rudolf Steiner's teachings as I was kind of trying to organize myself when we first started doing this Advent um, candle lighting. And I totally made up the melody. So I don't know if this song exists somewhere else with some other melody, but this is my melody. And we have brought this song forward to the um, ceremonial gatherings that you spoke about. And so we'll walk the Advent spiral that's also inspired by the Waldorf teachings. And we'll sing this song for everyone. And so if you want to join in on this tradition, like even if you're going to be listening to this podcast a little later, you could always light the four candles on um, you know, the Sunday before Christmas and contemplate all of the different kingdoms. And I'll talk about what those are after I sing the song. So basically <clears throat> we light the candle and then we go around the table and we start with the youngest and we, we say their name. And then, um, you keep singing this song on repeat until everybody at the table has had their name sung in the song. So I'll just put my name in here for the sake of simplicity. <laughs> um, okay. So Nancy is walking to get her little light. All the stars are watching her by day and by night. Now she has her little light, her face is shining bright. Carefully she's walking home to keep it by her side. And then you just go around the table and you keep singing. And it's really sweet because as you get to the adults, often tears will come because, um, it speaks to the inner child in us. It really activates that part of us. You can imagine your young self going to light this candle at a special place and carrying it back with you. And what this is really um, talking about is the symbolism of the solstice, the winter solstice. And so it's, at least in the Northern hemisphere, this is when the, um, the light is the lowest, right? It's the darkest time of the year. And so we have to rely on the inner light to carry us through. And so that candle is the symbol of even if it's super dark outside, even if it's cold and, you know, we want to be inside and cozy, I still have that inner light that's shining very brightly and lighting up my face right from the inside out. And, and I, so, oh, yeah. sorry, sorry. <laughs> I remember us doing this last year and it was so beautiful. And yes, I had tears running down my face and 
uh, and and watching my daughter go through that and, and helping her light her candle. And it was it really is so beautiful having rituals and ceremonies like this. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about for you, but for me, I'm like, okay, I suddenly look forward to Christmas because this is so beautiful. It's like such a simple, but really reverent way to bring in this time of year. And for, for me, it actually feels so much more connected because, you know, um, <laughs> there's a lot of pressure on us to really be very busy, busy, busy during this time of year, but actually the opposite is what is um, more appropriate for this particular turn in the wheel of the year. This is really the time when you go inward the most. And so these reverent spaces where we can light a candle at the dinner table and I can get my family of five to actually be quiet and sing with me. I'm like, okay, this is it, you know, give me ritual any day over gifts or whatever. Um, it's so, yeah. really beautiful. It's so important. And we just put up our tree. Um, uh, and it's really important for me to have a live tree, even though that's like, not like a normal thing in Mexico. Um, and it reminds me of being a kid, it brings back that little joy. And to me, it's also I mean, and you can talk about more of like, the ritual of bringing in a tree into the house if you want. But um, and like decorating that with my daughter is really beautiful and and Josephine's like it's so much fun doing that with you like it's such a beautiful experience and I think it's so important to do these things Mm -hmm. we're gonna be getting our tree today actually oh wonderful yeah so I'd love for you to kind of expand about the the importance of working in the rhythm with these cycles and for example I had just spoken with someone, oh, Monday night at Tango. And she's like, oh, I'm so busy. I'm so exhausted and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, but it's the time, you know, like to work in a different way and go more inward. And like, I'm not like I'm, I'm working, you know, but I'm flowing more. And that Uh was intentional, very Uh intentional. Yes. Okay. Before I I hop into that, I want to just briefly wrap up the advent candle because if yes, I left singing, the first candle and you can go and like google you know Steiner or Waldorf advent candle and you'll get this information but just quickly because the first one I talked about was the stones um the kingdom of the stones the second candle is the kingdom of the plants um and so that's when you would take some plants uh, from the garden if if possible or some herbs or whatever and place them around it's really nice to have something tangible that represents these kingdoms especially if you have kiddos um because they can just really relate to it and so then you contemplate the light that shines in all of the plants and then that's a great way to open up conversation as well uh, with your family members of like, wow, how much do plants actually sustain our lives? You know, this is incredible. We take it for granted, but think about it. And, you know, it can open up a lot of conversation. The third candle is the uh, kingdom of animals. And so that's when I'll just get like either some little stuffed animals or some some other ones we might have kind of at the altar and place them around there. And again, contemplate the light that shines in, they say the beasts, um, but which is animals. And then finally, the last candle is the kingdom of humanity. 
And so obviously that can open up a lot of conversation, uh, depending on the age of your kid. My, my oldest is 15 now. So she's like getting very full philosophical. And so I'm sure she'll have a lot to say on that, um, day, but that's a day where you can be really reverent toward yourself and really contemplate again, that inner light that you have. So that's that, um, if anybody wants to, you know, adapt, adopt that, tradition. And I would say, even if you're listening to this podcast and you've already missed a couple of Sundays, you can light, um, all of those candles all at once on the day before Christmas. And it could still be a a way to start bringing that in. And then maybe next year you want to do it full on. It's really beautiful. Wonderful. I'll find find something Nancy to link in the show notes. Um, so, so people can have that very accessible. I think it's beautiful. And I'm so glad you dived into that um, to share. Yeah. It's so funny. I wasn't like thinking of talking about that today, but I'm so happy we did because I just feel like it's so important for women to, and this is kind of leading into your next question to begin to orient themselves to a, a, a time that actually makes sense for their bodies, you know, and sometimes we don't know what to do. And so having something else we can turn to like this tradition that I just brought up, it's like, oh, okay. That gives me a bit of an idea about how I can at least slow down, um, for these few moments in time at the very least. Something I want to say about time. This is a quote from Jose Argelis. He is the, the one who works with the, well, he, he passed away now, but he, um, worked with the galactic Mayan calendar. I won't be like diving super into that, but he has this quote that I just love, which says, whoever owns your time owns your mind. And I just want to let that land for a minute. Like whoever owns my time owns my mind. It's very profound. And with the way that the Gregorian calendar is set up, which is not really linked to anything natural, it's very easy to become a rat in the wheel, right? <laughs> like a, in that rat race, never enough time, never enough time, never enough time. We hear that a lot. And I mean, I'm totally guilty of saying that myself. So it's very challenging to step out of this paradigm, but we have to slowly, I think, start to orient to other calendars that actually make sense for our bodies and for our psyches so that we can reclaim ownership of our minds and really begin to create the realities that we are desiring here on earth. And so the will of the year is the example I already gave. Um, And then of course, there's the internal wheel of the year, which is the the, I call it the medicine wheel within, which is our menstrual cycle. If you're a cycling woman, if you're already past your cycling years, you're going to probably orient more to the seasonal changes in, um, in the years, or maybe even the moon cycles. Like there's so many different things we can orient to that make more sense. It could be the moon. It could be the seasons. It could be our menstrual cycle. It could be a bit of a combination. Personally, what I have been feeling speaking like kind of more big picture, what I've been feeling really good about is starting to understand what is my rhythm of the full year. Uh, I don't resonate with January 1st as being the new year at all. It feels just so bizarre to me. For me, there's a real closure that happens um, during the Halloween or Day of the Dead or Dia de los Muertos, Sawin, this is like October 31st slash November 1st. 
turn of the wheel. Um, that is when the veil is super thin. There's a lot of access spiritually. I do a lot of work with my ancestors. Uh, a lot of healing stuff comes up, but also it's like harvest time where I'm like under, like coming to completion with things as well. And so that you can, that gets mirrored in our menstrual cycles when we go into our luteal phase, which is the time before bleeding. And so we're post ovulation and we're pre-bleeding. So we're right on the cusp of that like new cycle essentially. And so for me, this time of the year feels like wrapping things up, closing things out, coming to a deeper understanding of what has happened in the past year from that point backwards, you know, um, and then November and December really feel like November, December, and January for me really feel like going inward, slowly, slowly deepening, resting more, spending more time with my family, um, prioritizing more sort of things in my home versus things out there outside of the home. I am still working as you're saying too, like, yeah, I'm still working. I mean, it's hard to just be like, you know what? I'm going to pause for three straight months. However, I feel like I'm pretty intentional with the launches of certain things. Um, and now I've been able to, and it's taken me some years. I've been doing entrepreneurship for God. I don't know, like maybe eight years, maybe almost a decade. Well, I've been doing it for a long time, but like online for maybe eight years, um, and it's taking me, it's taken me some years to understand that that was, that actually is my rhythm. And then I feel like personally, I really come alive at the, the turn that's called Imbolc in the Celtic wheel. And that's around February 1st. And for me, that's really like the very beginning of spring. And so Imbolc is like that time when the plants are just sort of right there below the surface or if you live in like a super wintry climate, like Sweden, I used to live there. You could actually go to the forest and you could see buds popping up like particular flowers right around that time, like February, maybe beginning of March, depending on the, you know, how it goes that season. But it's that feeling of, Ooh, something's coming alive in me now. And so February is for me, a great time to be starting things. That's when I'm going to be starting my four month school that I spoke to. And I know that I'll be just like really alive and vibrant. Um, so, so that's what I've also heard about, um, Celtic, the Celtic will is that a lot of people feel like the, uh, day of the dead, all saints day kind of point is a marking of a completion period. And then there is this kind of in between space where it's like, we're not quite there, but we're not there anymore either, you know? Uh, and I feel like that the magic of that deep, like late fall, early winter, is kind of letting things brew inside of you. And so this is where I'm also getting a lot of ideas about what the next seeds are that want to be planted. So maybe I'll pause there. Cause I could also definitely dive into the menstrual cycle if you want, but it's a yeah. lot of information. So yeah, I no, and I think it's really, really important, especially during this time of year, because what's happening, you know, on a, a traditional level is, uh, you know, especially as a business owner, there's a lot of let's launch, let's, um, because people are like, oh, New Year's resolution. And, and I will say, Isa, oftentimes, there, there's a kind of two ways to look at this. 
You can, because I, I, I am working on shifting with this too. Like last year, we traveled for two weeks to Indianapolis to visit my family. And I was so glad to be there on Christmas. But at the same time, I was like, that was exhausting. Mm-hmm. I don't think I want to do that in December again. Like I want to stay here and be at home. Like so and and travel and see them another time so that was like one reflection to me to continue to balance within these cycles but when i see uh, like the business world the marketing world um you know we're because our audience is mostly female business owners of course we have men listening in too um is that oh okay because everybody the mainstream wants to kick off and start in january because of this Gregorian calendar, you know, New Year's sort of thing. And so, um, but what I've seen is that I've also seen successful launches for something that starts in October and um, or September, October, because there's kind of these cyclical times that for that go in with school. But mm-hmm. when you are calling in your ideal audience, then I think, you know, like, you can move away from the mainstream and move into what works cyclically with you. Just oh. like you don't launch lunch until February. And mm-hmm. I'm feeling that more and more. Um, and like, we may open up um, the, the new community we're launching uh, earlier, but like not go into a crazy launch mode. Like I don't want to do that because it's going to be evergreen anyway. Um, mm-hmm. But like, it's really interesting to navigate sort of the market. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, and you have successfully done that. So I kind of say that just for everyone listening, like Nancy has successfully, the blood mystery school, like enrolls a lot of people every year. And I think last year, maybe you didn't even start until April, like you st- begin, I can't remember, uh, in, you know, rhythms of the season but you're also calling in people who are interested in that and Mm -hmm. or maybe already living in that and I think when it comes from a business perspective like we need to start with rather than this idea of I need to work when everybody else wants to want this like start to work internally in your cycles um if this makes sense to you and then put that out there uh, for attracting the clients that are your soul tribe sort of thing. I'm so glad you said that because yeah, that's such a big topic. And that, that kind of brings me around to this. Oh, I thought about, I thought about it, like bringing this up in this talk today, it, it came to me, this is something I teach in the school and it's around the power of manifestation, but doing it as an embodied woman in your feminine essence. And for me, that's all about magnetism. And what I see in the entrepreneurial space is it's so male dominated, not dominated, not in the sense that, oh, it's only men. No, no, no. I mean, the patterns for males is what dominates the space, which is like a 24 hour productive everyday sort of rhythm. And that's just so not what we work with as women. And it's very easy to get stuck in everything you just spoke to. It's like, oh, I got to launch during this time, or I got to do it like this. I got to post every single day. Um, Really what you need to be doing, I think, is going inside, finding out what rhythm actually works for you, working during your peak productive moments. And that would be 
um, the ovulatory week, if you are still a cycling woman, uh, and that would be like the week following ovulation as well. Usually, uh, you get like some of that lead up energy as well when you're moving into ovulation. And then there's periods where you really just need to be totally resting. And if you learn to work in those moments of peak productivity, where it's natural for you, like in the ovulatory week and the one that follows, that's like half of your cycle, you will be even more productive than you thought. Like it's very counterintuitive in a way. Cause you're like, Oh, but I have to do it every single day or I won't be productive two weeks out of the month. is not that productive, but you're super, super on during those two weeks. And there's like a way to actually um, call in your audience and to magnetize all of, all of what you're desiring toward you rather than going to reach the goal, which for me is also a very masculine way of doing things. And when I speak about it, it's like my body language goes sort of up and out of myself, you know, like my chest moves forward and I kind of bend forward, like I'm going to get something. And what I encourage women to do is to be like the egg when it comes to conception. Okay. So, oh, I'm like going off on a bit of a tangent here, but I think it's cool. So the egg, what we've yes, been please taught, do. please okay. you continue. So what we've been taught about conception is totally off in the sense of, oh, it's the sperm, the fastest sperm wins to, to go and fertilize the egg. And it's all about that fast sperm. Um, research has come out of Sweden primarily some years ago now. So women are starting to hear about this slowly. Uh, and it totally flips all of that on its head. And what it says is the egg is actually the one who chooses the sperm that's most aligned. And she does this through putting out these chemo attractants that actually make the sperm swim faster toward her. So you're maybe you're listening to this, you're going, what the heck does this have to do with me as an entrepreneur? I'm getting there. So what this has to do with that is that this teaches us about how to actually manifest as women. If we can observe ourselves on that micro level, like think about the egg, think about how enormous she must feel to that tiny little sperm. And she's not moving. She's sitting there. I like to imagine her that she's literally on her throne as a queen and she's sitting there and she's just shining. And in that shining, there is this natural intelligence that comes forth that pulls in the perfect partner for her in that moment. And boom, the fertilization happens. The conception happens, not because she was going out to get anything because she had some goal. No, it was because she was there in her perfection, magnetizing whatever she needed toward her. And I feel like this is pretty revolutionary to even like understand that that's actually how conception works because it's like, oh, okay, <laughs> it's very feminine. Um, and it can just teach us about our own levels of man, um, of magnetism and how to work with manifestation in a very feminine way. And so for me, it circles back around to the wheel of the year and to my internal medicine wheel, because it makes me value myself enough to say, okay, my body has this wisdom and she's asking me to really pause and rest. And so that might not mean I take the entire day off, but it might mean that I do things a little bit differently. It might mean 
that I don't get on camera camera that day, that I don't schedule interviews that day because I'm not at my most magnetic. I'm at my, my restful period. And then of course, vice versa during that most, um, magnetic time, I'm going to be scheduling a lot of things. I'm going to be producing a lot of cool content. Um, maybe that's exactly when I would do a two week launch. You know what I mean? And so then it becomes suddenly like my business working for me rather than me kind of slaving away always running in this wheel where I feel like there's never enough time and I can never catch up with anything. Oh, I'm so glad you said that. My making my business work for me, because that is like the essence of what I love to teach people. It's like there, and this is just another way to help do that because people, I, I see it all the time and I've done it myself and you, yeah, you're slaving away for your, to your business. And it's like, no, set up your business to support you and work for you. And, mm-hmm. and it is a mindset shift. And I love how you're talking about like the magnetism and it's, it's where I've started. Well, I've shifted on layer after layer and I'm continuing to shift as well. Um, I, I had an interview with someone who kind of did a traditional marketing you know, and, and I was just so disenfranchised by it because I've just, you know, seen that hustle and that burnout and, and, and it's just so important to shift. And I love this conversation. I love where it's gone, Nancy. I know it always, it always uh, goes where it needs to. And I'd love for you to continue to expand on, you know, how to use all of this to make your business work for you. And even use your personal insight. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, it really does for me because I am a cycling woman. I'm 40 and I'm very much still squarely uh, in in the like regular menstrual cycle. So I am kind of more speaking from that perspective. Um, But for me, that's my biggest clock. Like aside from this larger uh, wheel of the year, I use that one on a daily basis. So I know when I'm going to be getting my period. I know when I'm going to be ovulating, of course, more or less, right? Things can shift here and there. Um, But if you're, if you are like pretty healthy, it's all going to be pretty regular until you get into those perimenopausal years, which I'm definitely like edging into those eventually. Um, but for now I'm using this, this medicine wheel within as my clock. And so I will look at the, the schedule, the content calendar for the month. And I'll be like, okay, when can I actually produce all of that? And I will literally schedule in things based on those peak moments of um, moving into the ovulation and then the week that follows. And then I'll know that I'll want to dial back during those other times. So if I do still want to be putting out posts, for example, I'll make sure that those are already done and saved as drafts or scheduled or whatever. So that when that week comes around, I am not doing anything, but like pushing a button maybe to make it go out. If even that I take that really, really, really seriously. So on day one or two of my cycle of my menstrual cycle, I am not doing much at all. And I'm a mom of three. So of course there's always a bunch of stuff to do, but what that makes me do is ask for help. And that is like a whole other area that we could definitely talk about, but I'll say briefly, uh, is an expression of health to be able to ask for help as a woman. 
And if you really want to start orienting your life to these um, calendars that actually make more sense, that's going to be a big part of your journey is to learning how to ask for help, to learning how to outsource certain things as well, to understanding that like, oh, I don't actually have to be the one to be doing everything. In fact, that's totally unsustainable. So that's of course, another way to make your business work for you is to hire certain things out that don't come naturally to you, especially during certain points of the month, you know? Um, but I'll definitely, you're right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But like, just to expand a little bit more, I'll definitely be scheduling things according to, to my, my cycle. Um, if I'm going to be like on camera or, even doing a podcast like this, like I would never want to be doing this on day, really day, like right before I bleed days one and two of my bleed. I'm like, I'm not, I'm just not talking to people during those days, you know? And I hear you. And sometimes it's like a week before, like, I'm just not, don't want to either. Like, and I, or a few days before. Uh, For sure. Yeah. For sure. Um, so like, I feel like it would be great to just really quickly orient the listeners to the actual medicine wheel that I keep talking about. Like, what is it? And so for those of you who may not know, there's four distinct phases of your cycle. And if, even if you're not a cycling woman, like if you've already passed uh, menopause, you still have these cycles over your whole larger life. And so you'll pass through all of these, no matter what, either it's like a mini monthly version or a larger life cycle version. Um, So the, the start of the cycle day one is when you're squarely in the crone phase. The crone is like the ancient wise woman, the elder, the grandmother, she sits in the North on the medicine wheel. The North is where the veil is very thin Um, And she corresponds to the season of winter. And so that's like deep rest going within, you know, just like all of the things that we talked about, ideally um, in between, you know, November 1st to around beginning of February, you're going to be going more internal and really contemplating things, reflecting upon things. This is exactly what your mini uh, wheel of the year also asked you to do. So when you're actively in the crone phase is when you have your period. And then we move into the maiden, which corresponds to the energy of spring, um, which sits in the east of the medicine wheel. And that's the fresh new life. So it's where the sun rises. It's where the new energy starts to come in. And so the crone is really where you're shedding the previous cycle. And then once you get into the maiden, and so this is post bleed pre ovulation, you're going to be starting to feel yourself slowly, slowly wanting to bloom and all of this, um, inspiration and these ideas are going to come to you. And so this is a really great time in your business to focus on, big picture planning, the maiden really loves to kind of daydream about like, oh, what could we be doing in a year? What could we be doing over this whole month? She's the one who plants the seeds. So you can think spring energy. And then you move into the mother that's right around ovulation in the week that surrounds that. She corresponds to summer, um, to the south of the medicine wheel. So passion and fire and just fullness and really just feeling yourself, you know, and a lot of the times women will feel they're most productive at this point, but she's also the most magnetic and sort of the most 
magical when it comes to projects. And so you don't want to assign her the boring stuff. You want to be giving her the things that need the magical touches, you know? So this might look like you've got a launch coming up and you got a landing page and you got to do copy for it. For example, the mother would be awesome for going in and doing like really yummy, velvety, rich copy, you know, that comes from your soul um, and that ovarian expression of just life force, like that egg that we we spoke about, it would also be an amazing time to get on camera. So many things happen, even just with the symmetry of our face, like our faces become more symmetrical when we're ovulating. Um, our cheeks become rosier, our pinks become, our, our lips become a little bit pinker. And so there's just this natural sort of magnetism and attractiveness that can fill up our whole our whole being. And so it's a great time to be interviewed or to be, um, you know, on camera in some way. Then we shift into the luteal phase, which is the sorceress and totally my favorite archetype. Uh, the one that most women struggle so much with because she's just so fierce. Um, but she will be the one who's like, this isn't working and that's not working. And neither is this. And oh my God, you know, he totally sucks if you're in a relationship and, oh, my kids are so annoying. You know, she's very critical, but she has so much wisdom to offer. If you can just learn how to actually kind of invite her to sit down with you and just go, okay, I hear you're not happy with a few things. Let's make some adjustments. And so this is a great time to be utilizing her energy to also help shave away some things in your business that might not be working for you anymore. I don't know about you all, but I feel like I've just wasted a lot of time as an entrepreneur doing stuff that totally doesn't matter, <laughs> you know, and I'm thinking it totally matters and it just wasn't it. And so I feel like the sorceress energy can come in and be like, you know what, we're not doing that anymore. Let's really focus on what actually matters. So I like to tell women that she's almost like a woman who has like a bow and arrow, but she's sort of showing you where you're not fully aligned with the bullseye. You know what I mean? Like you're not fully like, yeah, on the path. And so it's challenging to work with her because she will be critical. But if you can learn to um, harness that energy, it's really helpful. She is um, West on the medicine wheel. So that's where we go to watch the setting sun, right? So that's the completion period. That's the harvest energy. She will be happier. This is really important. If you used your eggs energy in a really positive way in your business or like in your life in general, during your maiden and mother phase, she'll be happier because there's an inherent grief that comes up with the sorceress energy um, just because on a very physiological level, our bodies do actually want to be getting pregnant. Even if we know we are not wanting to get pregnant in a mental way, there's a very primal kind of body things thing that happens. And so when the egg is dying and there's a realization inside of the body that we aren't getting pregnant, there is an inherent grief that's there. But if you used the egg's energy for something else, so thinking about it in that conception way, it's like, what do I want to bring into form, right? Not just a child, but like a project or whatever the thing is, sorcerers will definitely be happier. So that's, that's a strong tip I can give women as well. 
I'm so um, glad you shared that because, uh, so, uh, you know, I've probably heard it before, but I was in my feminine energy men- mentorship or whatever it's called. And some uh, someone mentioned that part and I realized I hadn't been like embracing that part. I was, I'm resting, you know, during the my bleeding time, even a few days before, and I pencil that in, maybe go to hot springs, that sort of stuff. But I wasn't necessarily like utilizing and and it made sense why I was like, what you're saying makes sense why that grief comes up. It Mm -hmm. told, I'm so glad that you shared that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, it's, and I just like to repeat that it's inherent. And so it's a natural part of, of our cycle as a woman to feel that grief. And I think the beauty of the grief is that on the other side of the grief is the gratitude. Uh, because it's that understanding of the impermanence of life, the constant change. It's she corresponds to the season of autumn. So fall. So the changing, right? Where the leaves start to shed. And it's there's so much beauty in that. And there's also a letting go and a grief that is normal. Um, but if we definitely make sure to use the eggs energy, it's, it's helpful for her. Cause she feels like a satisfaction by the time her, her season comes around. And so, um, this is actually a tip I learned from somebody who took my school. Uh, so one of the graduates, she shared this with me and I just love it. She says that she gives all of her inner archetypes tasks. So at the beginning of her cycle, she will actually assign her inner maiden a certain thing to do for her business, or it can be in life in general, in your home or whatever, and her mother, a certain thing to do and her inner sorceress, a certain thing to do. And really the Crohn's phase, um, phase is really just all about resting and sort of not doing. So I don't think she was assigning the Crohn much, um, but it can definitely be a, a period where we reflect a lot and journal and do rituals and contemplate you know, um, and I just thought that was so cool to actually go in and consciously assign your inner archetypes, these different tasks, because then I feel like there's a satisfaction that each part of you feels because we really are so multidimensional as women. And so we are many women in one, and we want all of those different women within us to feel satisfaction, you know? Uh, I love that tip um, and that you shared that because what well, what we've talked about this whole time has been very, there's a lot of practical, well, I like, love to say practical magic, uh, practical things to start to do. And I, because of time, I just want to make sure that if there's any like final points uh, to wrap up, you'd like to share, um, I'd love for you to share. And of course, we'll have a link to your blood mystery school and your website in the show notes. So people yeah. can connect with you further and go deeper in this topic. And I definitely want you to come in as a guest um, in our co- new community that I'm launching soon. Um, cool. Because this is exactly what I want people to know these, these sort of things as among a all kinds of stuff, but especially how it's applicable to business. I think it's really important because we think it's separate, you know, Mm -hmm. to be feminine is one thing, to be masculine and a business owner is another, and it's not, it's not, it's totally inseparable, but Mm -hmm. I'd love for you to share any final thoughts on, Mm -hmm. on, gosh, we've talked about so many things. We could totally talk another hour. (laughs) 
for more. I mean, that's the thing with the with the archetypes. I mean, this is why I teach them over a full four months because there is just so much to each one. But I feel like just getting a little bit of an orientation to it is a total aha moment for women if you've never heard it. I know for me, it was like, oh my God, I make sense all of a sudden. Like I make sense because we are always as women trying to fit ourselves into this square and we are a freaking circle, you know? <laughs> and so I just want to maybe end with that. And then something else that's coming to me is um, the womb. This is like a little thing that I say. Um, and I don't know, I just kind of channeled it, but like the womb is the guide and the heart is the compass. So there is this voice that our womb has and our, our heart, our womb is like our second heart. There's such a deep connection between the womb and the heart. And so there's this compass inside the heart that's always pointing to the North star. And there's this voice inside the womb that's saying, go for it, or don't do that. Pull away from that. Oh yeah. Fully let go into this. I mean, she's there. She's, she has that voice and she's saying those things to you and you can hear her. You can hear your womb and you can hear the compass of the heart, but you got to get quiet in order to do it because it's not loud at first. You know, if this is something new to you and you're really wanting to dive into your feminine energy and all of this is new in the, the, the medicine wheel and you're like, oh my God, where do I start? Start by tuning into that voice. And I know that, you know, it's there, you know, some people call it the intuition. Um, it starts to really get activated when we get our first bleed, go, when we go through our menarche and we have to practice listening to her and she will guide us. She will guide us toward the perfect clients or guide the perfect clients toward us, right? She will guide us into what our next yes is um, and, and what potentially we need to let go of as well. And so at first, I think it starts kind of with a whisper and getting real quiet to hear that whisper. And you might feel a little bit shaky trusting it, but slowly, slowly listening and hearing it, saying yes to it, following the advice that you feel like your your womb is is whispering to you, you'll notice slowly over time, these little shifts become big shifts, become bigger shifts that you can say yes to. And then suddenly you're living inside of the prayer that you prayed, you know, many, many moons ago. <laughs> and that's how I feel with my current life. I'm like, oh, wow, how did this even come into form? And the way that it came into form was by following that deep, beautiful, guiding, intuitive voice, slowly but surely, and making smaller, you know, hops become huge leaps at some point. Oh, Nancy, that was so beautiful, because I feel the same. The more I've tuned in and listened, and I was just feeling this, um, I was dancing tango in Parque Juarez on Tuesday. Like how beautiful I'm in the gazebo. And I was just like, this is my life. Like, all, just like you said, all of those dreams have come and are continuing to come and flow. And, and it's like, it's because we haven't silenced ourselves and we started listening. And mm -hmm. I think that is so important. And what a beautiful thing to end on it for everyone listening to know, like, 
those things are, are, she's talking to us, nagging, you know, like those things keep coming up because we need to listen. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Nancy, for your wisdom and insight and for sharing that. And, oh, and if anyone wants to dive deeper, Nancy has so many beautiful things. Um, We'll link in the show notes and her Instagram as well and website so that you guys can connect because she is a wealth and a resource of wisdom um, on this topic and many and much, much more. And so thank you for taking your time, Nancy, for being on. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure.